Thanks so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our Connect card online at hopewintergarden.com. Just click on the I'm new tab or grab one at the info bar. Then stop by the info bar outside for your free gift. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If you are visiting with us today, don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give, there are a few different ways you could do that. You can give online at hopewintergarden.com. You can text an amount to 84321, or you can drop your gift in the boxes located in the back of the auditorium. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. Now, we want to make sure you are up to date on all that is happening here at Hope Church for you and your family. Check out this week's Hope Happenings. Hope students, listen up. We've got your Sunday night plans covered. Come back here tonight at 6 p.m. for pizza, ice cream, and game night. There will be free ice cream courtesy of West Orange Creamery. So bring a friend, bring your A-game, and may the best team win. Hope Kids Annual Christmas Pajama Party is happening on December 20th during both services. All kids are welcome to wear their pajamas and come celebrate with some sweet treats and fun. Ages three years and up can bring a gift from the dollar store to exchange. It's gonna be a great time. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at hopewintergarden.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We believe the best is yet to come, and our hope is that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. to our very last week of our generous series. I am so glad that you guys are here today. Today's going to be a great day. We are baptizing today in 60 degree weather. Come on, let's put our hands together for all our families getting baptized today. Some of the people are like, hey, I love Jesus, but not that much. I ain't getting baptized today. It's too cold for me. And so they, they peaced out today. But we've got, some, we've got a solid few getting baptized today. And we love, love, love baptism Sunday, because baptism is an outward expression of the inward transformation that's happened inside of our life today. So if you're joining us today for the baptism, we want you to know we're glad you're here and that you are the really spiritual ones. I'm proud of you guys, because the other people, they go to the 1030 service. They're just going to roll in like right at 10 o'clock, get baptized. But you guys made it. You guys braved the snow and the cold weather. I'm proud of all of you guys today. And um, I, I'm excited about today. I'm, 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 I'm in anticipation of what God is going to do in this room with our house today, and um, if you're joining us for the very first time, I want you to know we are glad that you are here. And uh, my friend Barbara's on the front row today. I got to text me last week and said, can you come pray for my dad? He's getting close to going to heaven. And I said, that's a celebration. I'll be there. And so I got to go pray for her, her dad, and then two days later she called me and said, hey, can you come pray? He's gone. When I got there, he was gone. And the Bible says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. So we are very, very excited for him. We're, I'm sad. We're sad on earth, but he's in heaven already. And I'm so thankful for the day when we get to all 
uh, be in heaven together. And we celebrate those moments at our church. We love to celebrate. And so we're celebrating uh, that today. And um, we're glad that God is going to do something in our life today um, through his word. We've been in a series called Generous. Generous. And we believe that God's called you and I to be generous. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, that the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. And what I know about you and I know about me is we want our world to get larger. None of us want our stuff to get smaller and smaller. We like growth. We want our 401k to grow. We want our families to grow. Some of y'all want your families to stop growing. Come on, somebody. I got four kids. I'm okay if it stops. Like, you want it to, like, slow down. Some of you guys, you want, you want your business to grow. Maybe some of you guys are like, God, I'll take a break. I'd love for my business to slow down a little bit so I can catch a break. We like growth. We really, really like growth. We don't like growth in our, in our, in our belly. Um, I, I've told you guys that um, Joe's been coming from West Orange Creamery, and I like, like those, those, those ads just come to my phone. Like the Holy Spirit gives them to me. And there's a milkshake. I do want to promote one thing that I think you should all try. They, they sell a milkshake there. <laughs> oh, gosh. I haven't had it yet because I, I, haven't, I haven't earned it quite yet. I only worked out twice last week. But they had this milkshake there. You just got to go and try, okay. That's all I'm going to say. If you go and try it, you'll be better for it, okay. That's all I'm going to say, okay. I can't say anything about that. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you get that milkshake, you'll get to heaven first. I don't know. But I just know it, the, picture, if the picture is half as good as it is. Um, I, I was showing it to the girls in our office here today, Maggie, and she's like, I want to get that, that Christmas one because I want that Christmas cake. <laughs> All that milkshake for a Christmas cake. And so you got to go. But I, we, don't, we don't want this to grow. But we want to grow spiritually. We want our church to grow. We want to see people saved in our church. We want that to grow. We want to see people get baptized. We want to see lives changed. We want to we give more. We want to give more to missions at the church. We, we want our world to get larger and larger. But the Bible says this, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The Bible goes on, the very next verse, it says, the one who blesses other people is abundantly blessed. And we want to be blessed. We, we, we have to bless other people. I think we have, way more, we, have may, we have way more control of our life and way more control of our blessings than we actually think that we actually do. I think sometimes, I've, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I, I feel like in church in America today, people are sitting around waiting for God to do something. And I feel like God's in heaven saying, no, it's your turn. <laughs> I died for you. Like, it's your turn. I was telling uh, Joanna today, like, it bothers me when people don't, don't get involved with kingdom stuff because God has changed our life. And if we get involved, we can see more people come into the kingdom of God. Now, that, that, that bothers me. I think God's saying, hey, I did my part. I died for you. Now it's time for you to get in. Like, go all in with me. I've already went all in with you. He says, those who bless others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. One of our values here at our church is that we, we are generous. We, as a whole, we're generous. You are generous. I want to be generous. I want all of us to be I want all of us to be generous. My son walked in the room, and uh, we're, it's, it's, it's Christmas time. I don't know if you knew that or not. But so, the, you know, moms and dads, when you, it's Christmas time, like, you, like, put in stuff everywhere, everywhere. You know, everywhere. I can't tell you all my, all my spots, but this year we found a new spot because it's just, they're getting smarter. So, like, my room, my, my, my closet's, in, my, my closet's on, under quarantine for the next 24 days. And so Chip's like, hey, can you go get my money? Go get my money out of, out of your drawer. Like, you know where it's at. I'm like, I don't know where it's at. Like, ask your mom, you know, like, she knows where everything's at. Like, so he's like, go get money. And he got his money today, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to get my, and he gets some money out of my, out of my, my little bag. He's, he's like, it's a little bag in there. It says John on it. He goes, go get that. And he get my money because I'm giving him the offering today for this heart for the house offering. We, we want our little kids to be generous. I was talking to Gabe's dad who doesn't go to our church. He's in New Jersey. He said, I'm going to give him the offering today. He started, remember when Gabe was a little kid, his friend in, in, friend in his little Sunday school class said, can I have a piece of that candy bar? 
He said Gabe snapped the candy bar in half, but it didn't go in half. It was like more like a three quarters and a quarter. Now, if you're like me, you're taking the three quarters. <laughs> but if you're generous, you he took the little three quarters of the candy bar. He gave the bigger piece to his friend. He goes, here, I want you to have that's That's generosity. That's generosity. It's giving above and beyond. It's giving sacrificial. It's giving above the, above the baseline. We want to be generous. You guys are generous. So every single month we give, we give to Josh and Kaylee Adams who pastor a church called Harbor Church um, in, in Massachusetts. And every single month because of your generosity, we give to Justin Daniel, who, who lead Anchor Church, who just started three years ago over in Maitland. And we give to the Schwentz, who started Discover Church just two years ago in Kansas City. And every single month we give to Julie Zagra, who's an FCA missionary in Lakeland. Come on, it ain't that far. God is working in Lakeland. And every single month we give to Justice, who's an FCA missionary in Washington, D.C., I don't know if God, I don't, I don't think God will ever call me to a cold place, you know what I'm saying? And I uh, like it where it's warm at. The Bible says, or the Bible says for us to, to go out and to, to serve and to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. So we do that. It takes resources to do those things. So we give to lift disabilities every single month because they're right here in our community. They're helping people who are, who are, who struggle with disability and, and their family. And, and uh, we give to Alex and Josh. Last week we gave a big chunk to them and, and we give to them every single month. They have a freeway ministry. They're helping people who are coming right out of incarceration, right from handcuffs right into freedom in Christ. And we give to Convoy of Hope who are, who are feeding millions and millions of people every single year. We give them monthly Habitat for Humanity right here in our community. They're giving people a clean and affordable home right here in our city. We give to Matthew's Hope every single month. They're helping people who are homeless right here in our city. And we're giving to ARC every single month who are planting who are planting churches. There's a graphic I want to show you for just a moment, but this, this I think you guys see it, but I, and this graphic tells that in 2020, the ARC, we've launched 20, because of our generosity, we've helped to launch over 22 online churches. Come on, online churches. Whoever would have ever thought we were trying to, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, that's awesome. We helped launch 22 online churches, and we were able in this pandemic, crazy, we've launched 35 in-person gathering churches. We can put our hands together for that. And in all those gatherings, 11,767 people showed up. 522 people got saved on those, on, on those days. The average launch in attendance over the, all those churches were 300 people at each of those churches. And so where the world, where the enemy thought, I'm going to shut churches down in America, we're starting more churches. That would never happen if it wasn't for your generosity. This church is a, this church is a generous Generous church, and those are just numbers to you, to, to you today that I always say this, and I don't know where I stole it from, but every single name, every single number has a name, every single name has a story, and every single story matters to God. Did you know this, that your story mattered to God? You were once one of those numbers on a screen. I remember when we didn't have any churches, we're, we're getting some decals made to put on the back of these church, on, on the back of these um, these seats, and they're like, can we do that? I'm like, they belong to us. We purchased them. You know, we, we had to resource what we do right here in this building. We all were once a number. We all could have been a statistic, but God came in and he saved our life. And saved people serve people. We are, we are generous. I want to show you that in the, in the I want to show you a story in the Bible today in Mark chapter 10 of a guy who missed his opportunity to be generous. Because I don't want anyone in this room in here today to miss their opportunity to be generous. Mark chapter 10, a very, very familiar story. I, I love this season that we're in right now because God has given me special revelation and positive scriptures that he's never, ever given me before. So when you read these stories, like, oh, I've heard that before. Oh, I've read that before. And I've kind of had those moments in my, in my, in my, in my preaching and teaching the Bible. 
And I'm like, God, I really want you to show me something specific in this season. And God has shown me something really, really incredible in Mark chapter 10. Verse 17, the Bible says this. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. And he knelt down and he asked, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? It's a great question. And the answer to the question is nothing. You can do nothing to be saved. Just in case you're wondering today, that was a special revelation that God dropped. Like, there's nothing that you can do to be saved. There's, the only thing that can be done for you to be saved is for Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And the Bible tells us in, in this scripture that if you would confess with your mouth and you will believe in your heart, then you can be saved. And then once you're saved, your next step is, is believer's baptism. So our friends that are getting baptized today, they've trusted Christ as their Savior. What did they do to be saved? They asked Jesus to save them. He died on a cross. We're in this Christmas season. Jesus came in a manger, but he left on a cross. I, I, the image that God put in my mind years ago is that God took that manger and the wood that was for that manger and that feeding trough that he was, that he was um, born in, and he took that wood and he took it apart and he built a cross for it. And Jesus hung on that cross for your sins and for my sins. Nail-pierced nail skin and a crown of thorns shoved on his head and beat almost beyond recognition and pierced at his side and... The guy says, how can I be saved? And he says, only to be saved is through the blood of Jesus. That's, Jesus doesn't answer the question, though. Here's how he answers it. <laughs> Why do you call me good? And this time, they always answered questions <laughs> with questions. And Jesus says, I'm sure Jesus is thinking all the things I just told you. But Jesus doesn't say nothing. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't say that to him. He said this to him, why do you call me good? Because I think we like doing good deeds. Jesus knows that we like to do good deeds. And it's not about the deeds. It's about the relationship. Jesus said to him, only God is truly good. There's only one person that's good, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says, but to answer your question, since you, since you know the commandments, and this, by, this kid is rich, and he's a young, and he's an influencer. In our day and age, the influencer is, is, is the big name. you got to have that blue check on your Instagram account. You have to have thousands of followers, and you, have to have, you want everyone wants to have influence. Please like me. Please share my video. This guy was influential. People says... People followed him wherever he went at. He was rich and he was young and he was a ruler. He had, he had leadership in the city, in this community. And here he is, a very humble act for him to come to this good teacher and say, hey, I've got it all together, but I know I'm still missing something. I don't know about you in your life and I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but I hope you come to the place where you realize that you need Jesus. It's the only thing that can change you. It's the only thing that changes your life. We sing songs, it's the only thing that can bring you from death to life. So he says here, what must I do to be, to be saved? And, and, and the teacher says, Jesus, well, you know all the, you know all the commandments. Like, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. Like, what, what do they say? And he goes, verse 20 says, teacher. Before that, he goes, you must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You, you must not testify falsely. You can't be a liar. You don't cheat anybody. You honor your father and your mother, which is my favorite commandment. Come on, parents in here today. I should get like a little amen right there. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I know how to get you guys now. I know how to get you guys. And all the kids said, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear you. <laughs> when I say something, the kids are like, what? Like, like my, ki my kid's favorite word is what? I'm like, you heard me. Like, I'm looking right at you. And Hope's like, my 11-year-old, like, or 13-year-old, she's like, you're talking to me? I'm like, I'm looking at you. I don't, know, I don't know how to make this more clear. You know, like, I'm looking at you eye to eye, and I'm words are coming. I'm like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> so, that, maybe that's not your kid. Maybe that's just my kid. <clears throat> Some of you parents are like, oh, it's so good that the pastor's kids don't listen to him either. <laughs> I can relate with this church. <laughs> and some of you are thinking, why did my daughter come today? Why did my son come to church today? 
It's okay. They can listen, make them listen to the podcast <laughs> and write a paper afterward. Um, okay, two parts. So he says here, I've, all these commandments. And the teacher said, the man replied, I've, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was a young kid. Like, I've, like, I am young, but, like, my whole life I've been doing all these things. I've never killed anybody. I've never committed adultery. And he ain't married. The Bible says right here that he's, he or doesn't record that he's, that he's married. And, and we see here that he's like, I haven't stolen anything. And I've, he's inherited some, some money because he's rich and young. And you know it. Not many of us are young and rich. It takes a while to get what you have. And he's inherited some things. And so he has all these things. And he says, I, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I love that verse because Jesus feels genuine love for all of us in here. And Jesus goes, wow, man, that's incredible. He goes, there is still one thing that you haven't done, he told him. And here's, what he, here's where the rubber meets the road. He says, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor people and you will have treasure in heaven, then come and follow after me. Now, when I was younger and I was in church, I would hear this pastor scripture. I would wait for the pastor to say, all right, go sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Jesus doesn't ask any of us to do that. He asked this guy to do that. But he's not really just talking about the guy's stuff. The guy, he really, what Jesus is really talking about is the guy's heart. He was saying, man, you've done a lot of good things, but your heart's not really quite right. And what I'm really interested in is I'm really interested in and what God's really interested in, in this house and here today, in, in this service and the next service, is God's really is, is interested in that our hearts to be right. He wants our hearts to be right. That's, that's what he wants for all of us in here today. We had that conversation last night at dinner, and, and we were having the conversation, like, what do you do when people don't want to do this? And I'm like, I just tell them, like, like, God wants to do something with your heart, and that's a, that's a next step that you get to take. A lot of people aren't baptized yet because they're like, ah, I'm afraid. Or we had a young man tell us yesterday, I, I've, I've, I was already baptized. So you were sprinkled. There's a difference. And baptism is, is the word immersion. And so we, we're always helping people take the next steps. And Jesus is telling this guy, hey, you need to take a next step. Like you need to take another step in your faith journey. Like all of us in here today, and, and for West Beachman, for you and all of us, like every day of our life, we should be taking another step closer to Jesus. Like not about, it's not about works, but it's about our heart getting closer to God. The greatest thing that will change our lives, the greatest thing that will change our country is if more people were, had an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I think we have relationships with them, but I don't think they're intimate. Like, I think Jesus wants intimacy with you and I. When our heart is right, everything else begins to change. The Bible says that go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and, the, and then come and follow after me. Like, go make sure, like, you're ready to go. And verse 22 says this, at this time, the man's face fell, and he went away, for he had many possessions. Verse 23, Jesus says this, if we have that. He's, verse 23, yeah, we do. Verse 23 says, Jesus, Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for rich people to enter into the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus again said, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is actually easier for a camel to go in to the, into that sewing needle, into that little eye of the needle. It's easier for a camel to pass through there than it is for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. That's like almost impossible. Di and I were driving through, um, we were driving over by Bay Hill yesterday. And the guy that runs the YMCA at, the, at Bay Hill emailed me last week and told me, he said, hey, messaged me and said, Chris, he used to be here, now he's there. He goes, can you ask your wife if she wants to be on the board of directors at this YMCA over there? And, and I, I was talking to her about that. And we were driving through there. And the time that we, le we were, at, we were at, the, um, at the Dr. Phillips YMCA and we were watching our son play soccer, and I was telling her about that. And by the time that we left Dr. Phillips YMCA, we were passing by all these nice homes. I was thinking about this verse. Because it's hard to 
want Jesus when you feel like you have everything else. And before we point our fingers, we're, we're all pretty rich. We're all pretty rich ourselves in here today. If you, if you make $50,000 or more, you're in the top 10% of the world's richest people. The world's richest people. Yo, we rich. <laughs> top 10%. Winter Garden, the average household income in Winter Garden is $150,000 household. So we're all doing... We're all doing pretty good. And if you have clean water, if you have a toothbrush, if you have toothpaste, I've been around the world. We're, we're giving around the world today. We're trying to start food or help food, um, food poverty in other parts of the world. And we're trying to get the gospel all around the world. Like we are way more, we have way more than we actually think that we actually have. And sometimes like, man, I wish I could have more. And we see here, we're driving through and she had put together a plan. Some of you guys, that this, she's like you, Justin. She had put together a plan to launch another Hope Church at the Dr. Phillips Y from the time we left Dr. Phillips Y before we got to lunch. It was only 15-minute drives, you guys. She put together a whole, she had like, she's like, they can come with us. They live by here. Like, she put together a launch team. She put together a budget. Like, she's like, hey, let's make this happen. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And as I look at that, I think sometimes we get in our, our life and, and we get busy and we forget that the biggest mission in our life is to change, is to reach the world for Jesus Christ. That's the biggest thing that we have going on. And, and I think sometimes I was looking at all the affluence, and affluence isn't bad because we all have that. We all have, we all have nice things. Like I'm in that with you guys in here today. I'm not pointing the finger at it. But I think sometimes we got to make sure that we don't get off track with the mission. Like stuff's not bad. But if it's more important than the mission, then we need to recheck where we're at. And so this guy, I, I, there's a tension that I'm going to apply here in just a moment. But it says here, his face fell down. Jesus told the disciples it's hard for rich people to be saved. Verse 26, but it's not impossible because all things are possible through Christ. Verse 26, the, the disciples were blown away. Then they said, well, then who in the world can be saved, they said. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is impossible with God. I love verse 28. This is, this is Peter. This is the kind of guy Peter is. Then Peter began to speak up and he said this, we've given up everything to follow you. <laughs> Peter's the crazy disciple, like he's the one that said things he shouldn't say behind his breath, like underneath his breath. Like he, he, when he went out at Friday night, like you got to keep an eye on him. Like he's kind of guy, like every once in a while, like he had to Uber home. Like you got to keep an eye on Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Like you got to keep an eye on Peter. Peter's the guy that denies Jesus three times. Like, like, like the, he's like, I wouldn't do that. He's also the guy that cut that guy's ear off that tried to take Jesus into custody whenever they put him on the cross. Like, that's Peter. And Peter goes, yeah, I, I can't believe the rich young ruler. I mean, I, I would never, yeah, I would never deny you, Jesus. Like, I've given up everything to follow you. And I was reading this passage of scripture today, and I, I think there's, a, there's an application for you and I. And, and here's, what I, here's what I wrote down today that I think that's important for you and I. And I think it's important for all of you, you guys in your table. But I realized the rich young ruler, he didn't, he didn't know that everything came from God. Only generous people know that. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Like the rich young ruler, he didn't know that everything, God, God owns everything. The Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need our stuff. Like he wants us to be generous because when we're generous, we look like Jesus. And Jesus, and there's more people in the world that are looking for people who look like Jesus. And the world has seen enough people who talked about Jesus. They want to see some people who actually look like him. Talked about that last week. So, and, and what the rich young ruler, he also didn't know is, he didn't know that he could resource the kingdom of God. He didn't know that. He didn't know that, he didn't know that his resources could change the world. So let me give you a few things that I think that, that would help us, you guys, that help you and help me today. And, and here they are, it's two things. God is always offering us more. God is always offering, God's offering you more. God's offering, he's offering me more. And that blows my mind because I'm thinking, 
this guy's like, why in the world would I give away all my stuff and sell all my possessions and give it to the poor? And what he didn't know is what you and I know is that Jesus was offering him so much more. And I walked up to Barbara's house twice this week. And I walked up that thing. I thought to myself, how cool is it this guy is in heaven? Like he's going to be in heaven really soon. People get so sad. We had another friend call us and th just this week and it's the trip asking me today, like, when do you work, Dad? I'm like, it's every day, all day. I had a guy call me this week and I had to take a phone call and um, the, the um, Lillian, Lillian um, Alex Cordova, th his dad passed away this week. And uh, on, on, I took the call on Thursday. I had to call them and, and pray with them over the, over the phone and just, it, just working through with that. And I thought to myself, man, that's not fair that everybody gets to go to heaven. <laughs> This guy didn't know that God was offering him so much more. He thought, oh my goodness, look at I'm giving up. And I think sometimes as church and us, we like, oh, look at I'm giving up. And Jesus is like, you're not giving up more. I'm actually offering you more. Like you get, with me, you get more. So much better. Like a life with Jesus is so much better. You get so much more with God than you do with just your stuff and yourself. And he, he knew that. So that's why this offering today that we're going to give today, we're, we're going to give 20% away right off the top. We're praying for 150, I'm believing for 200. Or I'm believing for 200, I'm praying for 150, however you look at it. I thought, I, was, I woke up this morning, I thought it would be so cool if we could give away $40,000 in less than 40 days. That's all, that was so exciting to me. I was talking to Joanne and, and um, Tyson last night, I thought, man, this is so cool. Like, because of the generosity of this house, we're going to be able to hire somebody that's going to pour into our students. Better than we've ever had before. Because if we don't pour into them, the world's going to pour into them. And the world's going to win. And by the way, we're not, we're losing ground. We're losing ground. We want to, we want to do, we want to do more. And to think that we could put away 60% of it for, and, and for it to grow into, so we could put away for a future space. That we don't have to come here every single week and, and set up. And instead of setting up, we could be outreaching more people and inviting people in to do some incredible things. And so, but we, God's always offering us more. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to hold back. Well, in our, in our church, this church, we don't hold back until God gives us. We're going to continue to give until God gives to us. We're not going to give whenever we have. And so a lot of people have said to me, man, you guys have given a lot away to a lot of churches that we don't have. Illuminate Church called us in this season and said, hey, we're trying to start a church. We got no money. Can you help us out? So we sent them $1,000 to help start this church. Access Church is building a multi-million dollar facility up in Tampa. And I said, hey, we want to sow into what you're doing. We want to pour into what you're doing. You're thinking, why would you pour money into a place that's not yours? Because they're going to reach more people there. You know, we don't go to any of these art churches that, we don't go to any of these art churches, but because of our generosity into the art network, we're able to start more churches. See hundreds of people saved. That's so cool. And so we poured into them to help them build out a space. And, and Harvard Church, we wrote them a check in this season right now for, for $2,500 to help them. They've got a brand new building and they're helping pour into people and they're giving away Christmas trees. They're doing whatever they can to give gospel to people. And where they're at is one of the highest per capita areas for meth. And they're just trying to get people to Jesus so they can get off meth. meth. Man, we're going to help in there. And, and Purpose Church is a church in Texas. Uh, Purpose Church, I, I, I love Purpose Church. I got to help coach Derek and be in a group with Derek. And I called Derek and I said, hey, Derek, last year I said, hey, you need to get, you need to do the heart for the house offering. There's people in your church, they want to they resource change in the world. I said, but we're going to be the first money in. Like, we don't even go to that church. So we're going to give you $1,000. And so last year they, they raised $6,000 in their heart for the house offering. And I was, I was so proud of them. We gave, our church gave the first $1,000. And I said, get up there and tell your church, there's a church in Winter Garden who believes in what we're doing. And he, they gave the first $1,000. And they did that. This, this, I got a text this morning and Derek says, well, I saw Derek at a conference. I said, Derek, we're not giving you $1,000 this year. We're going to give you $2,000. 
because they got their, they got their, they've got their first permanent space. They're only two years old. They got their first permanent space. Now you might well say, well, that doesn't make any sense. You don't have a permanent space, but you're helping other churches build out their permanent spaces. We're not going to give whenever we get. We're going to give because it's the right thing to do. And so we give to we gave to their church, and Derek texted me this morning. I said, we're going to help you build this space out. I saw him in, in, in November. I got a text from him two weeks ago, and he says, you won't believe this. I said, what? He goes, the, they ran out of baseball stadium. That's where they have church at, which I thought that would be cool. Like, I would go to church at a baseball stadium. <laughs> they they rent a baseball stadium. They said, they came to us in December. They came to us two weeks ago and said, hey, new owners, and we have to ask you guys to leave in January. And they said, no big deal. We got a home. We're going anyways. <laughs> and so I told Derek, I said, Derek, we're going to give you $2,000 to help you build out your space. And so Derek texted me this morning. He goes, hey, we're doing our offering. Last year we asked for 6000 and we got 7000 he said, today we're, we're, our offering is, our goal is $40,000. And I thought, isn't that awesome? You know what he said to me? He said, we already got $30,000 turned in. I was so excited for Derek. And so Derek and his church, we don't, with Derek at his church, we're right here, but we're partnering with him. We're a church that partners with other churches to change the world. And Derek wanted to send a message uh, to you guys and to thank you guys. Take a look at the screens. Hey, Hope Church, my name is Derek Earhart, and I am the lead pastor of a church in the greater Houston area called Purpose Church. We launched a little over a year ago, and I got to know your pastor, Wes and Diana, and you guys have been so generous to us as a church already in our first year, and we just now secured a permanent location. Where you see me right now is our current Sunday morning location. We're at a minor league baseball stadium, and we're going to be moving into our own spot in January. And your pastors have come alongside of us, and their generosity has blown us away. And I just want to say thank you for believing in us. Thank you for investing in us. And we are praying the best is yet to come at Hope. Hey, that's because of your generosity. We're able to help that church in Texas get a space. And they're seeing people saved and lives changed and marriages restored. And, and so I believe this about our church. I think God is always offering us more. And today is about us being ready for more. I want us to be ready for more. I want that for our church. More than anything, I want us to be ready for more. And we help these churches because they're not ready. We want to help them. And maybe we won't be fully ready, but we're going to be close to being ready. And um, I was in my car this week with my daughter in the back seat, and I was just writing out some things that I wanted for our church. I wrote down this. We want a place for your kids to learn how to pray. Kids learn how to pray at this church. It's so cool to me. And we have kids go to their homes, and their moms and dads invite us over. And they said, we never prayed until our kids came to this church. We want a, we want a place for kids to learn to pray. We want a place for our students to figure out who their, what their identity is. They don't know. Our students don't know their identity needs to be in Christ. They don't know that. Broken homes, dysfunctional homes, which we all got them. But the stuff that we're dealing with, the stuff that the regular basis we have tonight, and ice cream, pizza, whatever we can do to get them there, because we're trying to help them know what their identity is. We have, we're at the place down our church where we've got about 10 of our students on our dream team. We want to keep on pouring into our students. We have a young girl today. She's brand new to our church. She's in fifth grade. She's serving right now in our preschool. She's shouting in our preschool area. We want to invest the next, in the next generation in a way that we've never had this coming year. We want a place to put marriages back together, and we're losing. A place to worship and to pray whenever we want. We want to have midweek services where we can come and just pray for each other and worship together. And we're limited here. Churches across America don't have spaces to meet at. There's churches that haven't met since the pandemic started pandemic start because they met in schools and there's no spaces. And I don't know what's going to happen in January if they're going to shut this place down. They've already shut down once. But I want churches to have exemption 
And I want us to have a space, 50% of what we bring in today, we're going to put away for future expansion. I don't want anybody to tell us you guys can't worship God today. I want to have a home for that. Um, I want a place for people to take freedom, for people to go through freedom classes, which is something that we're going to introduce to you guys in this, in this next year. We want a place to teach people how to do finances God's ways. We want a place for people to drive by and wonder what in the world happens inside that building. Are they handling snakes? Like, what's going on in there? We want a place to drive by. Um, one of our friends said, I used to drive by that banner on Plant Street, that billboard, and say, I wonder what kind of church that is. And now they come to this church, and their families in this church are going to get baptized. The next baptism, their son's an intern now. All because of a banner. Because of your resource, we were able to buy a billboard for people to say, man, I want to be a part of that. We want a place to train interns so they can go out and change the world. We want a place to put together meals whenever we want to. We tried to put together meals last year. We couldn't do it because we had no space to do it. We want to build more bunk beds next year. We built some bunk beds this year, but we got shut down, so we weren't able to do that. We want a place to have a food pantry that with every single meal that we give out, we're able to share the good news. We want a place that people will walk into and feel the presence of God like you guys feel today. We want a place to teach people how to feed themselves spiritually. That's what we want. We want people to know how to read the Bible. There's a biblical literacy in our country today. People don't know how to read the Bible. That's not bad. You guys, we're just new. We're just new to church. And so you guys come here on Sunday morning and you get a spiritual message. And then all week long, you, you're, you're, there's a spiritual, there's spiritual anorexia all week long because we have no other meals except for the meal that we get on Sunday. And reading the Bible from me to you, it's not enough to get you through the rest of the week. So we have people doing the things that we do and living the way because we don't have, we're not where we need to be at spiritually. We want a place for people to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I called her. I called a. Um, I called every for sale sign in the city. By the way, in case you're wondering, like how many does he call? I call all them, and I called a place this this week or a couple of months ago, and I got on the, and the guy didn't answer. Eventually, he called me back and he said to me, um, he said, "Oh, what are you gonna do with this?" So we're gonna build. We're gonna build a place. I said, "What kind of place?" He said, "When you're a church, you got like it's like incognito. You can't tell." And he goes, "Oh, we don't want to sell to a church." It made me so mad. I was like. I wish I had a, a, real, a real phone I could hung up on them. None, none of y'all know about that except for some of us here. I wanted to be able to hang up on them. I got off the phone and I was like, what happened? I was like, he said, you don't want to sell to a church. I got out, I pumped the gas, like, you know, I'm just clicking it and putting my coat in there. I'm like so mad and I'm like, we're going to show them. We're going to show them. And I was talking to another friend of mine about another place and he goes, oh, you'll never get that for that. And I said, I don't, I don't, I have enough people tell me what can't happen. I still regard the God of the impossible, the Bible says he says, oh, you can't, you, you can't be saved apart from God. It's impossible. And so we want to be, we want to be that church. I'm tired of people telling us when we can meet and when we can't meet. I want us to meet whenever we want to meet. So we're going to sow into, we're going to sow into something today that's going to change tomorrow. And so I wrote down in my notes in here to say, we will sow, this will be the church, we will sow before we grow. We will sow, we will sow before we grow. And here's the tension. I think sometimes um, in our lives, we think, I want the fruit. Like, I want the fruit. Like, I want, I, want the, I want the orange tree. But what you don't know today, you can't see this in your table. There's nothing in my fingers. But I could tell you today easily, those of you guys in the back and in the front, I could tell you there's an orange seed in my finger. But it wouldn't really matter. I don't have an orange seed. But you, you can't see it. It's that small. But someone has to sow before we grow. I think sometimes in church and in America, they were like, well, when we get there, we're not going to get there unless we sow. We're just going to sow. And so today we're just going to sow, and we're going to water, and we're going to water, and we're going to water, 
and we're going to fertilize, and we're going to fertilize. And some of you guys in here today, you're going to have to pick the weeds. Nobody wants to be the guy that picks the weeds. But you have to pick the weeds so that the plant doesn't get choked out. You have to do it. You have to do it. Business owners in here today, you got to take the phone call that nobody else takes. You have to take that. You don't know. None of your employees are worried about whether or not you pay your bills or not. You have to sow. At this church, we've sowed for five years. And we're going to continue to sow. Underneath your seat, you have an offering envelope. It looks like this. It says, Heart for the House Line. You can reach down there and grab it. And I know right now, just reach down there and grab the offering envelope. It's right below your seat. Everyone, no, no one's doing it. It's right below your seat. Go ahead and grab it. And some of you guys, I gave you one four weeks ago and asked you just to pray. And ask God what part you'll play. And you'll do that. I know there's a lot of iron, irony that I've given you a piece of paper and none of you guys are going to, um, most of you guys will not give in this piece of paper and say you're going to give online. I get that. It's kind of funny to me. You're like, cool, give me a piece of paper. Appreciate it. And um, there's, there's multiple ways that you can give today. You can give at hopeintergarden.com and you can click give and you can click on heart for the house offering. You can text an amount um, to 84321. You can do that today um, or you can drop this gift in that, in that basket back there. Now here's what I want to challenge you. Most churches, this is what happens. They'll say to you, hey, if you're not a member of this church, if you don't call this your church home, you don't have to give. And that is true. And that's fine. But I want to ask you today, what if, what if you sowed something today that would change lives in the future? Just what if? Do we need you to give? Absolutely not. This is, today this isn't about Again, I've told you it's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. We've had people give $30. We've had people give $3,000. We had a family give $35,000 before they even, the offering has even started today. I got a text last night from a young, young girl in our church, 26 years old, said, I'm going to give the largest amount that I've ever given. Diana, we're going to give the largest amount that we've ever given. If you give a dollar today, it might be this small to the person next to you, but it may be this big to you. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray one last time, and we've prayed. And we've prayed for this for four weeks. And we've, I've been up every Sunday morning and Saturday night just praying, ask God, would you do something today that he's never, ever done before? And we don't have to give the same exact gift in here today. You just got to give whatever God told you to give. And one more disclaimer. If you're here today and said, I ain't got it, don't feel any pressure to give. Because that, when Joanne said, what do you do when, you, when someone doesn't like, like, like they're giving that begrudgingly. I'm like, don't. I would tell them to stop giving. If you're not giving out of the abundance of your heart, then you shouldn't. If you're not giving because God's pushed, put something in your heart today, then you shouldn't give. You should give because not because you want to change the world, but because God's saying, hey, this is where you do so you get a chance. So I want you to stand to your feet. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just pray and ask God? The team's going to sing over us. Would you just take a moment and pray? Would you just pray that, man, that God would use you this year in a way that he's never used you before? Maybe you'd pray today like, hey, God, I don't, I don't have much, God, but what I do have, we can have. Would you just take a moment? Will you just ask God to resource your commitment this morning?